today we're starting off this new year with a new perspective, okay? Um, the hope is that we can enter into 2022 with a new perspective. And I recently came across this, um, this uh, phenomena or um, this like psychological uh, concept called affective forecasting, okay? Affective forecasting. And this has been really, really helpful to me to read about, affective forecasting, okay? Uh, quite simply, affective forecasting refers to the prediction of one's future emotions, okay? The prediction of one's future emotions. Um, and this has to do, according to Wilson and Gilbert, who are two like uh, psychologists, this has to do with uh, the way we expect to feel in the future, okay? The way we expect to feel in the future. We attempt to predict our emotions. Uh, generally, uh, we think about uh, how positive or negative uh, we will feel when something happens. And this doesn't just have to do with what type of emotion you're gonna feel, uh, which is either a positive emotion or a negative emotion. It also has to do with what specific emotion you'll experience. It has to do with the intensity of these emotions. And it also has to do with the duration of these motion, emotions, like how long they're gonna last, all right? So as, as we have probably discovered in the past two years, uh, we are, as human beings, we are relatively ineffective at predicting our emotions due to biases uh, in our perceptions and influences in our environment, okay? Just think about this, okay? Think about the ways that you have um, expected an event or an experience to make you feel and how inaccurate that often has been. All right, let me give you some examples, okay? Uh, let's say, because we just talked about, this is part of the reason why we talked about Christmas and New Year's, okay? Let's say you're looking forward to this holiday season, all right? and um, getting together with family and friends on Christmas and New Year's holiday. And all of a sudden there's these unexpected adjustments that you have to make. And it's not quite as satisfying as you thought it was gonna be. Another example is um, you want to start uh, getting in shape for the new year, okay? Which is probably one of the most popular New Year's resolutions, right? Is to get healthy, get in shape, right? And you set all these plans, right? And you set a, a strict diet for yourself and uh, exercise routine and a regiment. And you actually start doing these things, but you don't feel as accomplished as you thought you might feel. Another example might be for me, okay? Um, this, and I've experienced this, you, are planning to go in for an operation or a surgery because of an injury or something that you've been like struggling with for a long time and you actually get the operation or the surgery. And then afterwards, like the recovery is much harder than you expected. Maybe it's lasting longer than you expected or maybe the pain is more severe than you were anticipating. Uh, another example uh, I'll give you is, um, Maybe you are struggling for that dream job that you've been waiting for, for months, maybe even years. And you get this dream job, right? 
you get this dream job and like, you think the world is all of a sudden gonna be like amazing. And you find out that there are social politics happening in the office that you totally was not prepared for. There are obstacles and struggles that you need to overcome in order to actually like make, prove your worth once you're there. And there are things that caught you by surprise that just were disappointing. Okay, these are some examples of affective forecasting. And we have done this many, many times in the past two years. I have done this many, many times in the past two years. Do you remember two years ago um, in March uh, of 2020? Oh gosh, that was two years ago. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, two years ago in March of 2020, when this news broke out that there's this new pandemic that's like sweeping our country and the world, and it's going to be really, really bad, right? And I was forecasting, oh yeah, this is going to be bad, but it's only going to last a, a month, <laughs> two, maybe three months tops, right? And then come summer, we're going to be like right back to normal, right? And then summer came around and not only has it uh, not gotten better, it's gotten like a lot worse, right? And then I'm like, oh, I, you know what? By the end of the year, <laughs> it'll get better. And this is like 2020 that, that I'm like projecting, right? And uh, the end of 2020 comes around and it's like really, really bad. It's like millions of people are dying. I'm like, oh, oh, this is like really bad. <laughs> this is like way worse than like I ever expected, okay? And for me personally, um, starting this church and trying to lead this church during a pandemic Oh my God, I can't even tell you like, I can't even express clearly and articulate uh, how hard it's been. I mean, trying to start a new community is, you know, under normal circumstances is already really, really hard, right? And trying to start a, a new community during a pandemic is like, I, I, had, I had no idea what I was signing up for. And every little, uh, Thing that happens and any disappointing thing that happens it like hits me like that much harder in a way that I never could have prepared for right when um, a person is a part of our community for example if a person is a part of our community and they leave our community uh, maybe because they think one person has told me I'm too progressive <laughs> another person has told me I'm not progressive enough <laughs> every time someone leaves our community it hits me so hard even if they leave for like legitimate reasons as you know people have come and gone in our community the past a uh, couple uh, you know a couple years even if they leave for legitimate reasons like they move away because of a job right or they move out of state to be closer to their family even when that happens it's still really really hard even though i know cognitively it's very understandable and why they would make this decision and it's not anything personal against us it's still really, really hard. And these are the ways that we have experienced and seen uh, how affective forecasting has um, impacted our lives, okay? So all this to say is that in order to experience spiritual health in 2022, we have to have a new perspective, okay? And this is the central truth for today. We need a new perspective in 2022 to experience spiritual growth and spiritual health. If we expect life to be the same as it was pre-pandemic, we are gonna experience disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Okay, we have to have realistic expectations 
and we have to adapt and adjust accordingly. And this is our new reality, right? This is our new reality. And if we expect our spiritual health to remain the same, like the way that we've been growing, the way we've been experiencing growth in our faith, if we expect that to be the same as it was in uh, 2019 and previous, in this new current reality that we're in, we're going to experience this disappointment and we're not going to experience growth. And even the way that I look at church today, right? Um, I remember uh, in the summer of 2019, Becky and I attended this like church planting assessment. And we've been learning from all of these models of what it looks like to start a new community and how you can have a successful community and you're going to scale and how you're going to grow and how you're going to expand and like very like capitalistic <laughs> Western America like me mentality, right? Um, all of those models like are, are, are useless now, right? It's totally ineffective. And not only that, it's like not really helpful. It's not spiritually uh, beneficial anymore, right? So in order for us, and, and think about it in terms of your own life, right? What are the ways that like you've been so accustomed to that has helped your faith now are probably not very helpful, okay? Um, what are the ways that you have grown in the past that uh, will not really be that helpful to you moving forward? Because what got you up to this point might not carry you through the next few years. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4? If you don't have your Bible, you could go ahead and look at the screen. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter four, verses 16 through 18. Now we're mainly going to be looking at these three verses, but we will also skip ahead at one point of our message to chapter five, okay? Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on, what on, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let's pray. Lord, so often in the past two years, we have lost heart. We have been disheartened. We have been discouraged. We have groaned and grieved so many losses. And the temptation that we have moving forward is to be very binary in our thinking and to think that it was all good or it was all bad. But Lord, that is not what healthy spirituality looks like. Healthy spirituality holds both of these things in 
tension with each other, both the grief and the loss, both the joy and the pain. And in fact, that is how we can best experience spiritual growth. So how are you challenging us to open our eyes and have a new perspective for 2022? We welcome you. We open our hearts to your Holy Spirit, and we ask that she would do as she will in transforming us. And we know that transformation does not come easily, and there will be some pain involved, but help us to see that ultimately as a blessing. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. All right, so we are looking at 2 Corinthians, which is the second letter that uh, an apostle by the name of Paul wrote to a church in the great city of Corinth. Now, uh, I've preached from 1 and 2 Corinthians many times before, and uh, so you might have heard some of this stuff. Uh, I, I love these letters, the 1 uh, and 2 Corinthians, because the city of Corinth at the time, in the first century, when Apostle Paul wrote this letter, these letters to this, this church in the city of Corinth, the city of Corinth is very similar to Los Angeles. Okay. The city of Corinth was a very diverse, multicultural city because it was the largest port city in the world in the first century. By any chance, does anyone know the largest port in America? It's really close to here. Oh, close. A little bit more north. Long Beach. Long Beach. Long Beach is the largest port in America. Okay. Um, if you've if you've ever driven past Long Beach, right, you'll see all those like giant cranes picking up those like big containers. Okay, Long Beach is like the largest port in America. And now the reason why I mentioned that is because uh, Corinth was located on this like narrow strip of land called like an isthmus. And if you could imagine like this is that narrow strip of land, and Corinth was like right in between, right here. And they had a harbor at the north and the south, so people. We're flooding in and out all the time. We're flowing in and out of that city all the time. And a lot of those, a lot of those people stayed. And uh, when these new people came, they brought with them these new cultures, new languages, new religions. And they had a plethora of messages and voices that were telling them how to live, how to be, and how to exist in the world. And so it was really, really difficult for them to kind of be focused on how exactly they are to live their lives, okay? And one of these not helpful ways of looking at life was to uh, ignore all of the bad things that are happening in life, okay, in the city of Corinth, okay? And so it, it, what we would call today is like toxic positivity. Have you guys ever seen this term floating around in social media? Okay, toxic positivity, okay? What's really interesting is that uh, I've seen this term floating around in social media, but I actually think social media is like the worst instrument <laughs> to like spread toxic positivity, okay? Um, so uh, the first lesson that we're learning from this today is that uh, a new perspective is not false positivity, okay? A new perspective is not false positivity. In verse 16, uh, the first verse that we just looked at, it says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. 
So when Paul is writing this letter to the church in the city of Corinth, he, did, he is not ignoring the struggles that we have in this world. Okay, he says, outwardly, we are wasting weight. Like we are in these physical bodies and these physical bodies have pain. He's not ignoring the pain that we are experiencing. Okay, instead, he's trying to stay focused and have this new perspective on our spirits. Even though we are experiencing pain, we can still experience growth. Even though we are experiencing loss and disappointment and grief, we can still experience joy and hope. Having a new perspective doesn't ignore the pain that we have, and it doesn't ignore the struggles that are happening uh, around us. It clearly acknowledges the burden of what's happening and gives you another way of looking at it. I love that um, in verse 16, um, there's two sentences, right? The second sentence, oh, actually, I think I put it up again. Yes. Okay, so there's two sentences, right? Uh, let's focus on the second sentence. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Um, I'm loving this word yet, okay? Because it doesn't dismiss what happened before it right? It's, this is happening, yet I'm moving forward, yet inwardly I'm being renewed, yet I am still experiencing spiritual growth and health in my relationship with God through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. As I have mentioned to some of you um, before, I am currently taking a CPE course. CPE stands for Clinical Pastoral Education. And this is for pastors who are also pursuing chaplaincy, uh, specifically hospital chaplaincy. And I'm learning a lot of valuable lessons on uh, what it means to be a good chaplain, but also what it means to be a good pastor of a church and what it means to be a healthy and whole human being. One of the valuable lessons that I'm learning in my CPE class is to try avoid using the word but. Okay, not, not but, okay, but <laughs> B-U-T, one T, okay? Uh, and replacing that word with and, okay? And not using the word but and replacing that word with and. When I do this, it um, kind of changes the vibe or the energy of the conversation that I'm having. The reason why uh, my educator encourages me to avoid using the word but is because uh, it almost dismisses or minimizes what was said before. Okay, let me give you some examples, okay? Let's say someone, a, a patient is struggling with stage two cancer, right? Uh, let's say it's a female patient and she's struggling and she has stage, she's just been diagnosed with stage two cancer. And I, providing spiritual care for her, and I say, oh, you have stage two cancer, but it's not stage four. You see how that minimizes? what she's going through, right? Or let's say um, there's a mom and uh, the patient is her son and he's in a coma. And I say to this mom, yes, your son is in a coma, but at least he's not dead. That seems almost insensitive, right? And rude. So instead of saying, but in those two examples, what would, how would this, how would my spiritual care be different if I replace that word with and? 
you have stage two breast cancer and life goes on. Your son is currently in a coma and you are here supporting him right now. Just that one change of a word, that simple word, changes the trajectory of the conversation and the kind of care that I give them. So how often do we try to ignore the struggles and the pain that we have in our lives just to keep our spirits up and to feel happy all the time and to be positive, right? And so uh, I found some of these like GIFs, images on social media on toxic, po toxic positivity and what they look like. Uh, online, it's probably really hard to read this. Uh, experiencing guilt for being sad or angry, dismissing others, oh, it got cut off right here. Dismissing others' difficult feelings, hiding painful emotions. You see there's a sad face right there, but she's like, has this facade of being happy. Um, these are, uh, I, I like these a little bit better, uh, comparing toxic positivity with validation and hope. You just have to be positive. That's toxic positivity, but a validation and hope says, I'm sure it feels hard to be positive in situations like this. Toxic positivity says, things could be way worse. Validation and hope says, this is really tough and I am here for you. I really like that. And then here's um, another example. Toxic positivity says, it could be worse. Supportive empathy, that's another way of uh, wording validation and hope. Uh, supportive empathy is listening without giving advice. Toxic positivity says, look on the bright side. And supportive empathy admits, this is really hard. <laughs> this is very hard. All right, that's the, and it's really interesting. Like we think like these kinds of things are like new and profound, but the Bible said these things like 2000 years ago, right? And there's, just, there's such timeless truths here. And that's what the first lesson that we learned from this passage is that a new perspective does not uh, ignore what's happening around us. It, it, it is not false, false positivity. And the second lesson that we learned from this is similar. It kind of builds on this. A new perspective gives you space for grief, okay? A new perspective gives space for grief. I'm gonna skip ahead to chapter five, verse two, okay? Because I felt like this verse kind of captures this sentiment uh, really well. Meanwhile, we groan, talking about this earthly dwelling that we are in, living here on earth in these physical bodies. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. We actually need to grieve our losses and groan our burdens. I don't know about you, but in the past two years, uh, 
there have been many things that were lost to me. And we need to grieve, I need to grieve those losses. And looking forward ahead to 2022, there are these burdens that we are carrying that we did not know we needed to carry, a way of moving forward with life just to get through life, you know? It's so hard. It's so hard. And we need to acknowledge it. We need to name it. And it really, really helps to express it to those we love and trust. I mean, it, it's really hard. <laughs> Every, everything that we've been going through the past two years have been so difficult. And uh, for some of us, like the struggles are similar. And a lot of the struggles that we are going through are unique to you. You need to acknowledge those, those losses, that grief. You need to name it and express it. This is exactly why communities like ours exist, okay? So that you could have safe spaces and safe people whom you could share this grief with. Lastly, um, a new perspective places hope in the eternal, okay? A new perspective places hope in the eternal. I love the way verse 18 um, is worded. It says, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Okay, we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Okay, again, it's not ignoring other things that are happening around us, okay? We fix our eyes on what is, uh, on, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, okay? We fix our eyes on what is eternal, right? Because the circumstances around us, they're gonna be changing all the time, okay? Our current reality is not our permanent reality. I mean, it seems like week to week, day to day, <laughs> This situation that we're in is changing all the time, right? So our current reality is not our permanent reality. So we fix our eyes. So what can we do? Do we put our focus on our circumstances? No, that's not healthy. Then our state of being, right? Our mood, our uh, emotions are, are going to be like this, like the rest of the world is, right? It fluctuates all the time. So we got to fix our eyes on what is unseen, on what is eternal, okay? We fix our eyes on our spiritual health, our spiritual well-being, and make adjustments along the way and change with our current reality because our current reality is not gonna be our permanent reality. So we put our focus, okay? That's, exact, that's what that means, okay? We fix our eyes on what is unseen. We put our focus, our attention on what is eternal. As I was meditating on all of this, I was reminded of um, Jesus's uh, prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, the, that prayer that he prayed in a garden called Gethsemane um, was uh, the night before, or the night that he would be arrested, tried as a criminal, and executed 
on the cross. And that prayer that he prayed for hours that night was so painful and so stressful that he actually started like uh, sweating blood. And I'm, I'm just trying to put myself in his shoes at the time, right? And he must have been holding this grief uh, so much, right? It's like this overwhelming burden that he is carrying. Yet, there's that word, yet, right? Not but, okay? Yet or and, okay? And he knows how much good it will bring the world when he goes through this. It is this excruciating pain that he's going to experience, right? Both uh, uh, physically and socially, he's going to be experiencing this pain. And he knows how much good it will bring to the world, right? This is what the cross means for us. The pain that he had to endure and the goodness that came from the world as a result of it. He carried both of these truths in tension with each other. The grief and the joy, the pain and the hope. Execution by the cross was the most inhumane, painful way that a person can die in our humanity's history. It was designed meticulously by the Roman government to break down a person in every possible way. Okay, it was meant to shame the person publicly, right? So that like he's a social outcast. Uh, it was meant to like psychologically break down uh, the person's like uh, mental health because he is literally carrying his own form of execution up this hill. You think about like the impact that it makes on that person, like psychologically, the trauma that it's causing that person as he is carrying his own instrument of death up that hill. And as he is like hanging there on that tree, on that cross, it's, it's not a quick and, and painless death. It's the exact opposite. It's slow, it's long, and it's excruciating every single second that he is hanging there. And while he was hanging there, going through all of this, his final words, his final words before he gives up his physical life is, it is finished. How was he able to do that? Proclaim the statement of victory while ex experiencing this excruciating pain. It's because he held both of these things in tension. And out of that came so much good for the world. Humanity could be reunited with God through his sacrifice. And he is giving for us that example of what it means to live a heavenly life, to bring the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. He carried both of these things together in tension with one another. Uh, grief and hope. Pain and glory. So looking at that example of Jesus, right? Um, here's a reflection question for all of us, which is also in your bulletins. How can we take after Jesus's example and look forward to the new year 
with a new perspective. Looking at our current reality with honesty and looking towards the future with hope because you are definitely, definitely gonna experience some pain and struggles and burdens in the upcoming year. And out of that, you'll experience a lot of joy and growth and transformation. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, how are you challenging us to change our perspective? How are you challenging us to acknowledge the grief, the pain, the burdens that we are carrying? How are you challenging us to move forward in this new year? Carrying these burdens and experiencing joy. We do not have to choose one over the other. We do not have to cancel one out because all we want to experience is just the positive or just the negative. What healthy, mature spirituality, spirituality looks like is holding both of these things together as we walk forward in our lives. I'm just visualizing and imagining what it must have been like for Jesus to literally carry that cross up the hill in so much physical pain and with so much hope and intention of what it means for all of hum humanity. Help us to follow his example and follow his lead in looking forward with honesty and hope. We pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Have a blessed week. Oh, thank you. Um.